July, Kyle. Happy July. I'm sitting here. One, I just said that it was August, so I'm glad that it is actually July and not August yet because I don't actually know where this year has gone, <laughs> first of all. Second, I don't want it to be August yet because since summer is almost over and I am enjoying the sunshine and the warm weather. Um, July is here. It's We have some fun stuff to talk about on the podcast this month. Absolutely. I think I laughed through at least half of our featured interview this month, which which is great. So um, we're going to start this month off talking about membership, right? The lifeblood of any club and any organization is the membership, right? That's why we do what we do. Absolutely. And so we're starting with a segment that was a brainstorm from this year's communications committee um, when we met at National Committee Week in May. And one of our committee members <laughs> shared her, her interest in the signs that you find in clubs, you know, the kind that gently remind your members about the behavioral expectations within your club. Yes. And she has some pretty funny ones in her collection, and we talk about them in the segment. Um, and we would love to see some of the crazy signs that you've seen either in your clubs or the clubs that you visited. So please, once you've listened to the episode, please feel free to send us any of these ideas because we'd love to share them. And I think everyone would get a collective laugh out of them. Absolutely. Um, This month, we're also featuring an idea fair entry that was a winner at this past conference's idea fair, um, all about membership onboarding and the continued importance of communication with your members throughout that first year of membership. So we'll be chatting with the team from Saucon Valley Country Club, and they're going to share a little bit with us about um, their new member follow-up process, and it's a pretty cool idea. Amber Reed is the Assistant General Manager at the University Club of Chicago. She found her way to Chicago via Portland, Oregon, and is originally from Calgary, Canada. Amber has been working in the private member niche of the hospitality industry since 2008. She began her education in kinesiology and worked as a personal trainer, which introduced her to the athletic club sector, and most recently she completed an MBA focused on global leadership from the University of Liverpool. Amber prides herself on being a service-centered collaborative leader. She believes that a critical element in delivering consistent and elevated member experiences, leaders need to show up every day and create an engaging space to foster growth in yourself and others. Great. Okay. All right. So Amber is currently serving on the CMA Communications Committee, and that is where the idea for this podcast came from. So Amber, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm really excited. I just want to jump in and say I'm super excited about this subject because I was looking through some of the ones that you sent us, Amber, and I was like laugh crying. crying. Right? You can't help it. It gives you, yeah, it gives you pause. <laughs> Cry Absolutely. <laughing>. Mostly <laughs> really thinking does. of the situations that had to arise to then precipitate these signs having to be placed. That, that makes me Absolutely. <laughs> because by the time a sign is posted, you know that one and more likely many yes. <laughs> people have participated in this behavior that required a sign to be put up. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So Amber, tell us what inspired you to start documenting these signs. I'm definitely a reader, so all the people that put up comical signs to try to get you into church or school or 
everybody that's putting up those type of signs to get your attention, keep up the good work. I do notice and listen and read. I read all of them, not listen. I read them all. Uh, so I noticed when I've been traveling around and visiting other facilities, I just try to, one, I like to know what the rules are so I can stay within the rules, but also I like to see. And then I really started to notice that some of them, as you said, would make me pause and think, huh, okay. <laughs> so knowing from the administrative side that by the time you go through the effort of posting a sign, it has gone through multiple channels and multiple people have uh, participated in the behavior that you're trying to stop. So it started that way, and then I really started to pay attention. And as you said, I either would find the sign confusing or comical <laughs> and either of those two things would would then I would I would document it and where it's gone from there that's been really interesting on the other side is in the leadership administration and management side really starting to understand communication mm-hmm. and when you have these rules that you're trying to implement how you communicate them is really important so that's actually gone from again a good laugh and entertainment to something that I use in right now we're we're reviewing our house rules internally and trying to make sure that everything we communicate is it easy to understand is it easy to enforce and does it meet people where they live their lives these days so it it started as again as a comedy show for myself and now it's actually you know brought out some important information um, and, and no discredit to anyone who's put up these signs. I completely understand. Uh, there's times where there's something that you feel you should never have had to state to anybody, and you're absolutely shocked that you would have to post a sign. Uh, but there's definitely some comical ones that I've seen along the way. Absolutely. I think you bring up a really great point about how something like this could start as you know something that's just entertaining and funny and tongue-in-cheek to laugh at, but then to apply that that sort of thinking to a more practical uh, methodology of thinking about how you're communicating your rules within the clubhouse and then thinking about what those rules might need to be because what might be common sense to most people (laughs) may not be common sense to others. (laughs) So it's a really interesting application of that. I like that. Yeah, and, you know, you see the the one I had sent a few, and I know that this is audio, so not everyone can see. Oh, we'll share, we'll share just, the pictures. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, you know, just things as, you know, as simple as um, don't breathe underwater. <laughs> I, I had to take a moment to say, okay, again, obviously there was a reason that that was communicated, right. but it does seem like something that, you shouldn't have to communicate, but maybe that's unfair. Maybe somebody really who is not familiar with water and swimming <laughs> didn't understand that. Or maybe the person that created the sign, no. that's not actually what they meant. Right. <laughs> so, you know, and that's where those are the ones where I went, okay. And, and, you know, maybe I overthink these, but again, as you know, from our side and the communications and, and from trying to uh, enforce the members set the rules and the staff, are the ones that need to enforce it. Right. Even more do we need to be thoughtful on <laughs> on how we communicate. I think so. the don't breathe under the water goes really well with the no swimming if you can't swim. <laughs> right, right. Oh, well, I, you're right, I shouldn't. And those are two different facilities. That's so hilarious. <laughs> so they're having Not similar problems. Together. <laughs> no. Oh. But again, you know, is it something that we take for granted that uh, if you 
aren't around water, that you may not fully understand it. You know, what we don't know on this side is what actually happened that required that sign to be posted. Did somebody complain that they were unaware that if you can't swim, you shouldn't? You know, it always brings up those sides of the conversation, too, is, well, how did we get here? Well, right. Well, and then that raises the question, okay, well, is this a facility that has a posted lifeguard or no lifeguard? And then it's like, okay, well, right. don't go in the water if you don't know how to swim because there's nobody here that can save you. Like, right. all sorts of things. I think this this actually leads, Melissa, to another um, confidential style podcast where we could ask people what happened right. <laughs> to post these signs. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think that's exactly, I would be very interested to know in some of the conversations of what was the incident that led to the decision that this signage it was important to post. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, um, and anyone found in pairs in the toilet will be asked <laughs> to leave the club immediately. <laughs> right. What? And their membership will be suspended. suspended. So, oh, it, okay. <laughs> very clear. No pairs in the toilet. But again, you know, I have my imagination of mm-hmm. what possibly happened. But for them to go that far, I would assume it probably wasn't a, a unique incident. Uh, probably not. <laughs> but then that's a conversation piece if you're in the restroom of your social club <laughs> and you see the sign. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. So, so good. So, and okay. there's there's definitely a few. Go ahead, please. I was just gonna say, you know, we're we're talking about some of these that you shared with us. What is your favorite one that you've seen? Oh, actually, I have to admit, the one that made me giggle externally couldn't even keep it in was actually seeing the signage in the elevator that had, you know, basement one, a star beside level one, two, three, and then a handwritten note beside it that said by basement one, this is the way you get out of the building. And watching people, absolute confusion and just all of a sudden this panic of like, I, I just want to get out of the building and I'm not sure how. And as silly as it is, uh, not that I enjoy people's panic, but you could literally see people trying to process that information while they're trying to choose a button and absolutely not be able to figure out like, wait, what? So I have to admit that one amuses me. That one like adds another level to the hilarity of the signage, given that you then got to witness someone engaging with the sign. (laughs) Right. And you could literally see them trying to process panic setting in, pushing all the buttons because they're like, oh, my God, wait, what? (laughs) And again, and that's the conditioning. And that's the other side that I really started to see. Star one is generally accepted as lobby or main entrance so you could see that we're, we're also conditioned by other communication and signage that we're used to seeing and when somebody goes against that and changes it it causes panic and fear <laughs> which in the elevator shouldn't be a, a you know a thing but yo, yeah I, it wouldn't <laughs> yeah, and I have to I have to I have to confess I went in the elevator more than once just because I wanted <laughs> to see if more than one person <laughs> had that reaction and I wouldn't push the button. I'd be like, okay, you go. What, which floor are you going are to? You <laughs> are you trying to leave? Are you trying to leave the club or not? Uh, and then, yeah, as you mentioned, the one in the, in, in, in the restroom, uh, that one actually made me pause. I, I read it twice because I thought, oh, wow, okay. Like this is fully stating that if you participate in this behavior, not only is it a do not, please don't, you know, as a recommendation from the House Committee that we're used to seeing, it blatantly says 
you'll be asked to leave immediately and your membership will be suspended. Like, what kind of drama have they had? Right. That's the one you need to get on that, uh, the, the private. Exactly. Conventional. Yeah. Tell me more. <laughs> what is <Right>. this? <laughs> And then, you know, there's always the one that's always, I find, in uh, very common. So pool, the, the aquatic facilities, there's very always interesting signs. And then the locker rooms, both mm. men, male and female, uh, and, and family locker rooms. But that's where I find some of the most interesting signs uh, when, when I'm visiting other facilities. Uh, you know, as the ones I said that I, I had shared with you, uh, you know, things that, again, you think would be simple, but the fact they had to say, don't, don't shave in the steam room. <laughs> Um, don't dye your hair in the sink and uh, don't use that hair dryers are only for the hair on your head. I mean, there's just things that you read that and you think again, okay, my mind is wandering. Someone did something. They sure did something. Why? Yes. Right. Oh gosh. These are so funny. And then I love this. Good. Well, I'm glad. I know I thought and it was probably just me, but now everyone listening, when you go and you travel, I want you to read the signs and you are going to have a little chuckle, I guarantee it. Please, and then share them. And it us. also makes, yes, yes, please. I'd love to see. And I, um, and it's also what's interesting is made me at every facility that I'm, uh, you know, involved in the, in the management of, of, again, as we said, being really, really cognizant of trying to read whatever communication we have from different perspectives and yes. saying, okay, yeah, this side makes sense to me, but does it communicate what we're trying to, to others? And is it actually encouraging the behavior that we want? Yes. I think that's ultimately what it comes down to is like, is it a clear, concise communication that gets to the point of the desired behavior that you want to see? And absolutely, that is more complicated than you would think. Right. Absolutely. And I think it's something we take for granted. I think we take simple communication, particularly a posted sign, for granted. Yes, I would agree. That everyone's going to understand it in the way that we intended it to be understood. I think one Did you have anybody else send in any other signs? Uh, we saw one, I think, um, from out in okay. Arizona that said something to the effect of unattended children will be given a puppy and can be picked up at, like, the golf, the pro shop or something like that. <laughs> Which I like. Yes, yeah, sugar, sugar and a puppy, probably. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we, uh, uh, one of the things that also comes to mind when I see a lot of these like ad hoc signs that get posted is that because they're done often like, off the cuff and mm-hmm. as needed, um, the things that make me chuckle about them are not just the content, but sometimes the grammar and spelling mm-hmm. on some of the signs. Fortunately, none of the ones you sent us had any errors, but that's one thing that I enjoy picking out when I see some of those passive-aggressive notes that get posted places. It's like, I see what you're saying, but did you really mean that? I don't think you did. <laughs> absolutely, and, and, and that grammar is really important. Uh-huh. That absolutely. we don't think about it, but where, that, where, the, where the comma is, if, you know, it has a completely different meaning mm-hmm. than the than what you you intended. Well, I, that was the one I did send one that it has a big number four yes. and it says third Three. floor, third floor. <laughs> and they're actually unrelated in the, in the, in the context it's, it has, every floor has multiple numbers. So it's actually, you're in the, like the fourth part of the third floor. Oh. But when seen like that in the stairwell, it's again, a moment of wait, 
my brain is, I'm confused. <laughs> Where <laughs> am, I, am I? Am I on the third floor or the fourth floor? <laughs> Where am I? Where am I? Oh. That's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, this is such a good idea. I love that you do this, Amber. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I know it's, it's kind of, it's like my, my dorky side, but I can't help myself. I, <laughs> I enjoy it. I love it. So, and as you said, it's funny being on the communications yes. uh, committee because, again, it's one of those things that I'm really starting to. I really enjoy the conversations and the team that you put together and supported by the CMAA, uh, your team, that we're really having some meaningful conversations around communication and understanding that it, it is important, whether it's written, verbal, however we're doing it, and that a lot of us are facing the same challenges mm-hmm. in communicating our do's and don'ts and, 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 and guiding the behavior in a way that members want us to, to make sure they're having maximum enjoyment of their facilities, but also that the staff have any hope in enforcing. Yes. Right. Mostly that part. Like not breathing underwater. That's a tough one. <laughs> I don't know how to help you with that. Yeah, like I can't, do you want a straw? Do you need a snorkel? I right. <laughs> I got nothing. I'm not a lifeguard. <laughs> I can't rescue you. Uh, right. And the one on the pool that has zero, you know, zero feet, zero inches, um, dive. no diving, they were put in at different times. But right. when put together, it looked like, really? Like, like yes, of okay. course. <laughs> I'm not right. going to dive into this cement. Like, <laughs> right. Okay. But again, you know, it was something that was added after the fact and now, and not considered that now you've got to look at your whole statement. As you said, something ad hoc, you, yep. you've, made an addition to the original piece that made sense, but now are you looking at the whole to see, does it still make sense? Gosh. I, you know, yeah, people are just sometimes, like it said, makes you wonder what, what's going on that requires us <laughs> to think this way. But I don't, have right. any, I don't have any other questions. Melissa, do you have any other follow-ups for Amber? Just Amber, you have to promise us as you see more signs, you have to share them. Yes. Absolutely, I will. Please. I want this to be like a well, revolving carousel of absolutely. shenanigans. Absolutely. As I will, as I collect them, I'll, uh, I'll share them. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, I think that about wraps us up. We really appreciate you sharing this pet project with us because obviously it has given us some laughter and I'm hopeful that our, that our other members that are listening will share some of their funny signs as well. Wonderful. Yeah, if it gives anybody, a, you know, either a little bit of joy or a, a, another perspective on their communication, then I, I think it was a success. I agree. I agree. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Amber. We really appreciate your time today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. You bet. <laughs> I just love having fun with y'all. That's all good. All right. So we'll go ahead and get started. Um, We are joined today by some folks from the Saucon Valley Country Club who are sharing their idea with us about um, their membership orientation and onboarding process. So Kimberly Warren and Melissa Sharan are going to tell us a little bit about this idea, where it came from and how it became a reality and sort of the success they've seen along the way. So can you both give us a quick rundown of what this onboarding process looks like? Sure. Well, let me just begin by saying thank you. And we're excited to be a part of this. Um, I've been here almost nine months now. And when I came on board, we had a very robust uh, 
program for membership and, and attracting new members, but what we found and heard some feedback uh, from other members is that we, we really had a gap in the follow-up process. And as I was reflecting over my past and, and where I've been, I, I realized that we really I've really never seen a great follow-up program, not saying they're not out there, but I just hadn't been a part of one. So we were we were chatting as a team, and I think this had been discussed prior to my arriving, and, and most likely because of, of Melissa's um, fantastic creative mind. But we had come up with, you know, we said we need to do something to help fill in the, the gaps for the members after they've after they've joined. You know, then how do we reconnect with them, and how do we make sure they stay engaged? A large portion of our membership. You know, this is a seasonal club, so a large portion of them go down to Florida or mm -hmm. to their second during the winter. And when they do that, we sometimes lose a little bit of touch with them. And so we do have several non-residents and, and national members of the club. So we're thinking, okay, what's a holistic way we can really keep in touch with everybody? So with that being said, I'll let, I'll let Melissa kind of describe the, the process. But this really just became an evolution of putting some minds together and, and coming up with a concept that would be easy to follow mm -hmm. and pretty easy and, and then also uh, just live on kind of as a living document, something that just can be managed by everyone together as a team. Very cool. Yeah, so after election, we do have a big group uh, new member orientation with all of our department heads. But after we have that session, I usually hear from members, you know, if they have a question or they're not sure on proper procedures. We really wanted to shift to a proactive approach to following up with them and making sure they're comfortable navigating around the club, you know, making sure they're, they can integrate into existing membership groups, they can find, you know, someone with their foursome. Um, and we really wanted to give them an opportunity to provide direct feedback to the management outside of the group setting mm -hmm. and just check any other touch points. So it, it was really shifting from only hearing them if they needed something to, you know, being proactive and, and making sure that, that they're doing okay. Cool. Uh, can you maybe walk us through what a new member would experience through this sort of follow-up procedure that you've developed? Yeah, great. So um, upon election, we have our, our new member orientation session. Um, but, you know, at around 30 days into their membership, they get a call from the clubhouse manager um, just checking in to see how their dining experiences have been. You know, that's usually everyone's first touch point. Mm -hmm. They may have different interests. That may be into golf, into rackets. Others uh, not, but everybody dines at the club. Um, so you can check in with them, check on any personal preferences, if they have a nut allergy that we can add to their profile. Mm -hmm. um, Checking on if they have any other opportunities for corporate or personal entertaining coming up that we can help them with. Uh, and then at 60 days, it'll be a call from our director of golf and or our director of racket sports based on their interest, um, just seeing if we can get them involved in any lessons, upcoming clinics, see if they need help being paired up with another member. And then I check in with them at 90 days. Uh, because the membership process takes three to five months, I'm always in constant contact with them, especially mm -hmm. during the first 30 days. So I'm kind of going almost last, but just checking in on the overall membership experience. Um, also seeing if they have any friends and colleagues who may be interested in joining. And this also gives them the opportunity to let me know of any other housekeeping items. You know, for example, we had a member recently, you know, my bill keeps getting sent to my workplace. Can we correct that? And it's just one of those things where they might not have a, made a phone call about it, but we're sure. happy to 
any little thing to Definitely. make sure happy. Finally, at one year, uh, Mrs. Warren, our general manager, will send them an anniversary letter congratulating them on their first year of membership and then inviting them out to dinner in the grill room complimentary. So this is a really nice way for us to be in constant contact with them during their first year of membership. And the feedback has been wonderful. Yeah, definitely. Can you share a little bit more about what the feedback has been like? Because I can imagine it's probably been pretty positive given the sort of cross-departmental approach that you're having and increasing all of these touch points over time. Yeah, the, the constant thing that we hear that makes my heart sing is, you know, <laughs> this is really going above and beyond. You guys are really going the extra mile. This is why we chose Dawkins Valley over another club. Um, and it's just nice to check in with people, follow up. Hey, how's your house renovation going? You know, give you, give you those other opportunities to check in on stuff that's going on in their personal life and just building that relationship with the member. Absolutely. It kind of takes that, that personal connection to another level, which is really, really cool. Um, I know in working on the um, column that I wrote for the magazine about this idea, um, I was doing a little bit of reading about the process that you all have implemented on the staff side in order to track uh, the contact that you're having with the members, um, which I think is really cool, a shared document where you can kind of all go and reference, you know, what's what's going on, who's spoken to whom and, and whatnot. Were there any uh, um, challenges maybe in the implementation process of something like this? So I think when we started to roll it out, we, we actually asked everyone to be a part of the solution to it. So, you know, whenever you can get the group to buy in, it tends to have uh, a little more staying power and also For sure. effect. <laughs> so we, we, in our senior, we have a senior leadership team meeting every, every week, and we really talk about the global perspective of the club and how each one of us is influencing what we're doing at the club and what it means to the members first and for the total member experience. And one of the areas that we focused on this year uh, is what is the total member experience in each department, but additionally, what is it for the new member? And so that started this great conversation around how can we make that new member experience better, uh, which I alluded to earlier, mm -hmm. but this in the discussion, you know, Melissa was the brains behind putting together how we would get to that point, but we were talking about it all the way through as a team. We understood that we would all have to contribute at some point, some more than others, mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, went through our membership committee as well and, and shared it with them to make sure we had their support as well. And, um, and so then when we put together the spreadsheet, it was really, you know, the onus is on each each professional to to take ownership of it and to do their part and they really have done that and i will say you know when it comes to the feedback that we've heard uh, you know it's been anything from um giving us some data that we need to adjust to uh you know wow i actually would love to take a lesson i just hadn't signed up yet or, mm -hmm. or stopped phone call so we've actually seen an added benefit on our lesson side it's nothing measurable yet since we just started, but uh, we have had uh, members sign up for lessons both in golf and tennis that might not have otherwise. Cool. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's, that has actually been motivating for the staff. Mm -hmm. So it, it, I, I didn't anticipate that, um, that side of it. And so that's been neat to see the team really respond positively to that feedback because they're the ones that are getting it firsthand. Yeah, definitely. I think that kind of leads to the next question about unexpected outcomes with an idea like this. And I think, as you said, maybe it's not quite measurable yet because 
I mean, you haven't had this process in place for really long enough to have meaningful data, but even just that anecdotal data of knowing that more members are signing up for lessons when maybe they wouldn't have otherwise is probably pretty important to know and I think reinforces the positive uh, impact of a program like this. This is really cool. Right. Well, well, thank you. And I think it's also giving us another chance to talk about the membership process, too, which, you know, we're so close to it. We live it and breathe it every day. And, and you know, and you pause and you think, how can somebody not know this process? But honestly, once they go through it, they, they don't necessarily remember all the ins and outs of it. So it's really giving us a chance to reiterate our process, how we do it. So if they have a friend, you know, Melissa can just very casually say, you know, do you have any friends who might be interested or who have come out and played golf with you and have really liked it? Mm-hmm. I'd be happy to get in touch with them and talk to them about the process. And it's really, um, I think that's actually going to have some positive uh, return as well because we didn't expect that either. So there's been all these really nice surprises yeah. <laughs> with a fairly simple process, but yeah. uh, uh, some nice surprises that I think might um, you know, pay off over the next year or so. For sure. Well, I'd be definitely interested to hear you know, maybe after a year of having it in place and um, to kind of revisit some of these questions and see, you know, what kind of outcomes have have occurred. That would be really cool. I think, I think Melissa has something. Yeah, I just want to say another unexpected outcome, which is great. You know, I'm the membership director. I live and breathe membership. But it's really nice to include the other team members so we always feel like, you know, it's everyone's responsibility Mm -hmm. to make sure a new member is using the club. Um, they're getting integrated with other members, they're making friends, and really finding their home here. Awesome. Yeah, it's become an educational process for the for the senior leadership team as well, which I, I've enjoyed seeing them, everyone grow in that manner. They're, they're much more aware of what it takes to become a member than, uh, than they were before this process. Yeah, I think it would probably reinforce that sort of cross-departmental understanding of what everyone's job is as parts of a whole. Right? That's right. Yeah, that's That's really cool. Well, I think, unless either one of you have any other points that you want to share, um, I think we're pretty much wrapped up. I don't have any other questions. (laughs) Really fun. And and again, I got to give the credit to the team. They've they've really just embraced this process, but it's been neat to see how it's positively reinforced, uh, you know, how they feel about the club as, as, staff members, but then how the members or new members are now talking about, hey, I got this phone call from from the club that was so cool, and they care and they're paying attention. You know, it's the smallest things that make the biggest impact at the end of the day, and I think we are definitely seeing that that come to fruition here. So appreciate the opportunity to to speak to everybody about it. Yeah, definitely. Teamwork makes the dream work, right? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, ladies, so much. We really appreciate you joining us today. great news is the 2019 Mid-Management Conference registration is now open. Um, The event this year will be held in New Orleans, Louisiana, October 6th through the 9th. It's going to be a great opportunity to experience hospitality at its finest. Attendees will visit two private New Orleans clubs and an iconic French Quarter restaurant while developing new skills, broadening horizons, and advancing your career goals. This is normally offered annually in the fall. And it began as a grassroots effort in 1991 by the Greater Chicago Chapter to provide quality education and networking opportunities 
for club management professionals who do not serve in the GM, COO, CEO role. And this year's education will focus on food and beverage, events, club governance, and human resource management. The event is presented in partnership. partnership <laughs> presented in partnership with Coughlin, Keebler, and Wallace, the CMA business partner. You can now get more information, reserve your accommodations, and register at cmaa.org backslash MMC. Sweet. Um, well, I'm sure everyone is looking forward to that event because it'll be in New Orleans. And we haven't yep. gone back to New Orleans in, what? A couple of years. Six years? Seven years. Something like that. A long time. Okay. Um, also, we have nominations open for the 2019 Club Executive of the Year. Uh, you may not know, but each year, Club Management Magazine recognizes excellence in club leadership with the Club Executive of the Year Award. Uh, we are now accepting nominations for the 2019 recognition, and that would be for the year of 2019 to be awarded in 2020, or recognized in 2020. This prestigious honor is presented to the club executive who most embodies the values, vision, and professionalism of the Club Management Association of America. That's us. To nominate a member, you can access submission guidelines online at cmaa.org slash CEOY, and we must receive those nominations by August 30th. So you have a little more than a month to gather, circle the wagons, gather the horses, round up all your, your information, and submit that to us here at headquarters. And if you have any questions about the Club Executive of the Year process, you can reach out to Melissa. Yes, absolutely. Be she'll happy be, to help you. She'll be happy to answer them. So today's episode is brought to you by the Club Resource Center. Everyone's subscribing, so you should too. More than 300 of your club management colleagues are current club subscribers. A library of club resources, all new updated staff training courses, and CMA's annual surveys are just a few of the amazing benefits that you have access to through CRC. If you're interested in getting all of these resources and more, you can visit the Club Resource Center online at clubresourcecenter.org today and access a free demo. All right. Well, I think that wraps us up for July, not August, July. So thank you for listening. Um, And as always, please send us your feedback. We love hearing it. Um, In fact, your feedback is what helps us improve this podcast. You may notice that hopefully our sound quality is a little bit better. And that was prompted from feedback from our members. So we're always working to improve and make this something that is of value to you. Um, If you have ideas for future episodes, please reach out and let us know. If you have a suggestion for a topic or a guest, you want to be on the show, let us know. We'd love to talk to you. Um, Until then, we'll be back next month. I'm Kyle Jennings. I'm Melissa Lowe. Enjoy the rest of your summer. Goodbye. Goodbye.